Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. He is Eric Young. And I am Greg Sussman. Frank, hey, what's happening, bud? Greggy, happy Wednesday to you. Happy hump day, Greg. Happy to get over it, my man. There's a lot to talk about today. A lot of trades that went down yesterday. Carry on. Johnson lands on the IR. Maybe another Johnson landing on the IR. Some buy or sell, some fab bids. There's a lot going on. Are you trying to imply on David Johnson hitting the IR? There is some Twitter speculation that that can happen. Really? Yes, there is. Because of the whole Zach Zenner, Alfred Morris thing. To me, it's like, all right, we're going to sign both of these guys and let the better man win. That's kind of what I'm thinking is going on. We shall see. There might not be a better man between those two. Wow. They might just both suck. That would be really bad for the David Johnson owners. (laughs) Ewan, when we left you yesterday, you were saying you didn't really believe in Ty Johnson. Do you believe now? No. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) No, it it hasn't changed. This is he's a fringe guy. Um, and I do believe, um, that McKissick will be involved. I think it'll be more of a 50, 50 kind of split, uh, kind of what we've seen when, when Johnson went out, Ty Johnson, um, doesn't like contact, doesn't, uh, strike me as a first and second down running back. Um, so I, I think they'll, I think they'll split. And I think, uh, people that went all in on, on him are going to be sadly, sadly. No, you didn't bid nothing in the league we share together. For the record. Did he have a bid? No, what I, did he have? I, yeah, he bid 26, something like that. Uh, I don't remember now. I'm in too many. Right, fine. <laughs> fine. 26 would not be insignificant. I can I can pull that up for us. But EY, you keep saying a 50-50 split between Ty Johnson. They just promoted Paul Perkins as well, so he might be in the mix. But you keep saying 50-50 split. Last week, when Carrion Johnson went down... Ty Johnson played 64% of the snaps. He had 14 touches. Two of those came inside the 10-yard line. J.D. McKissick only had seven touches. So that strikes me more as a, you know, right on the nose, 65% for Ty Johnson, maybe 35% for everybody else. So, you know, if you can get 15 touches around there from Ty Johnson this week against the New York Giants, I think he's worth a pretty penny. I mean, maybe this week. I mean, you know, he's playing the Giants. Sorry, Greg. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh... I'm, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I could be wrong, but I don't think I will be. 
You know what? There's a lot of people in the same camp as EY, Greg. There's a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of podcasts that I listen to saying this is going to be a committee. Don't get involved. It's going to be Ty Johnson. It's going to be McKissick. They little still Paul can, Perkins action. Little Paul Perkins. They could trade for Kenyon Drake, which is the thing that I'm most worried about. It's not anybody else that's there right now. They could trade for Melvin Gordon. There's all these things up in the air. As of right now, the way that things sit, I think that Ty Johnson is going to see 60 to 65% of the snaps and around the same amount of the percentage-wise of the work. As well. So I think he's right in the mix for around 15 touches, 15, 16, around there. He had four receptions last week. Carrion Johnson wasn't being used in the past game. And, and Ty Johnson last week in his first game really filling in for Carrion was used in the past game. So I might be in the minority here, Greg. I've, I had some really massive bids on Ty Johnson last night. We had a $42 bid in the pit league together. We were outbid. He went for $52 in a $100 fab league. I did win him in my home league. For $42, I believe I had uh, $79 left around there. So that's a $100 fab budget. I spent $42 there. The next closest bid was $37. So I, I don't think that my logic was far off. I think a lot of people are pretty much in agreement. Like if, on the aggressive side, you could go as high as 50% of your budget. Uh, on the lower side, you know, 30%. I, I think anywhere in there. And if you want them for even cheaper, you should feel pretty good about that today. Absolutely. I, I think most people, to be honest with you, went over 50% of their budget if you wanted them. You had to. Like, I, I know ideally you want to go less, but in this time of the year, most people have almost, or most probably, no more than 60% of, 60% of their initial budget left. And just using bare numbers right at the moment, if you had a $100 fab to start off the year, you definitely had to go over, you had 60 left, you had to go over 30 bucks. You had to be closer in the 40s and the 50s to definitely get him. So you're talking about 40, 50% of that initial $100. We'll see with our GST uh, league later. Like, I'm wondering if we, if we really want him. We're going to have to offer a bit. We're not going to get him for what we have now, I don't think. Yeah, that's what I'm most interested in is because I play in a few of these high-stakes leagues. I play in two NFFC leagues. We play in GST, which is a high-stakes league as well. A lot of really good players, a lot of really smart owners in that league. We're not one of them. We're not one of them. That is that is true. We are, uh, we're one and six right now, but don't worry. We got our first win last week. The BFFs are ready to bounce back. I'm really interested to see how much he goes for in that league and in the NFFC leagues as well because you know those are deeper rosters and those, those are the leagues where people are really, really aggressive in terms of fab bidding, so... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Kenny Stills was another one out there, Greg, that I think people were probably uh, the second most aggressive on last night, assuming that Ch Chase Edmonds was not available in your league. Chase Edmonds, obviously the number one ad because you saw what he could do. You saw that he was the bell count. I don't care about Alfred Morris. I don't care about Zach Zenner. If David Johnson's out and Cliff Kingsbury has not ruled him out for this Sunday, for the yeah. record... He didn't practice today, but I think signing two running backs, Greg, is very damning to his status. But again, you did yeah. know that DJ Foster was also injured, so yep. you knew they were going to sign at least one running back. One, but two? Also, it's kind of weird that they signed two that's like, that are like kind of similar, right? In Alvin Zagzenner. Yeah, they're, you know, between the tackles, grinders, guys that can grind out some, you know, short yardage. Maybe they could be used on goal lines as well. But I think, you know, maybe you're right about, you know, letting these guys kind of duel it out and see, you know, who wins the backup job. But ultimately, if they sign both of these guys because David Johnson is not going to be good for this week or, you know, his he really re-aggravated that ankle injury this past Sunday, then maybe there is a chance he lands on IR. Maybe this is a multi-week absence and that's why they bring in two guys. So either way, I don't think it's looking good for David Johnson this week. And I actually hope that they rule him out earlier, Greg. 
let's not make this a similar situation to last week. Let's not wait until Sunday. Rule him out early and just let owners know who have both Chase Edmonds and David Johnson who the running back is going to be this week. Kind of like the Vikings have ruled out somebody already. I'll tell you who that may be when we come back. BFFs rolling on here on a Wednesday. Stick around. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Back with you here on the BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, Eric Young, all hanging out. And as I said, going to break, at least the Vikings aren't being dicks about this whole thing. To be very blunt about it. Tell us how you really feel, Greg. I mean, it's true, right? They're not being the Cardinals. They're not being dicks. I appreciate that. Wednesday, 2.10 p.m. Eastern Time. Adam Thielen ruled out. For the Vikings in a good matchup against the Washington football team. Stephon Diggs, uh, certainly you get him locked and loaded into your lineup. Other than Dalvin Cook, Frank, what other Vikings can you play? I'm going to have interest in, if you need a bi-week replacement, a low-end wide receiver three, B.C. Johnson. We saw him last week with Adam Thielen leaving early in that game. He had eight targets, four receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. And it's a good matchup going up against Washington. The way to attack this defense, well, really, you can attack this defense any way that you want, but their secondary is the big, the biggest weakness. So I love Stefan Diggs to see an uptick again. He's going for you know over 140 yards in for three games in a row now. He's already done that twice. Um, so I, I think... You know, he's going to have some success tomorrow, but I think that if you are desperate for a wide receiver, B.C. Johnson, and at the same time, if you're desperate for a tight end, which I know many people are, Greg, both Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph saw six targets each, so I think those guys are going to be in play. I think the biggest question is, you know, how long will this game remain competitive? Because the Vikings are now 16-point favorites, and once they get up by two or three scores, we probably just see a lot of Dalvin Cook and or Alexander Madison. Fair enough, it makes sense. They're going to pound the ball in, right? They're going to run the ball a lot on Thursday night with Dalvin Cook, with Alexander Madison. Hey, I got to go to you here, EY. Without Adam Thielen in the lineup, are they going to rely more on the tight end? See, double Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. It, it did appear that way uh, when he went out that, uh, I mean, we haven't seen Irv Smith Jr. do a whole lot this year. Uh, Kyle Rudolph either. I think he scored his first touchdown yep. last uh, last week. So, But it does look like they'll do that. We know Kirk Cousin likes throwing to the tight end. Um, they're going to run the ball. They're going to get out. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do short passes. So the tight ends could be, both of them could be involved this this week. I would lean Rudolph. He's the starter. That's If you had to make a choice on one or the other, that's who I would lean. But uh, they could both be involved. I do agree with EY on that one as well. As much as I like the upside of Irv Smith, like if you have this guy in Dynasty or in Keeper Leagues, you know, I like his future moving forward, but the truth remains that Kyle Rudolph is still playing more snaps, he's still running more routes, uh, and he's the one who scored the touchdown last week. So we are kind of tantalized by the upside of Irv Smith for the future, Greg, but right now it seems that Kyle Rudolph is still still the guy. He's on the field more. <laughs> 
Kyle Rudolph has gotten more snaps, as we noted earlier this week. Before we signed off the air on yes, or right as we were signing off on yesterday's program, Emmanuel Sanders was traded away from the Denver Broncos to the San Francisco 49ers. Reports have come out that Sanders was likely to get traded, but the Broncos wanted one more game out of him. Well, the 49ers evidently increased their offer because they wanted him out there on the field this Sunday against Carolina. Sanders is now in San Francisco, ready to rock, and will assume a mantle as the number one wide receiver for the Niners, a role that Debo Sanders Samuel and Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin as well have not been able to maintain Sanders and his value. Frank, what is it in San Francisco? I think it actually stays the same. I think he's still a wide receiver three. The quarterback play is undoubtedly better with Jimmy Garoppolo than it was with Joe Flacco, but the 49ers don't throw the ball all that much. They lead the league in rushing percentage. 57% of their offensive plays are running plays, and when they throw the ball, a lot of those targets go to George Kittle. They didn't have a single wide receiver over 15% of their target share this season. Debo Samuel was leading them in that regard, but he's dealing with an injury now as well, so I think that's why they really wanted to get a man Sanders in there. You know, he did he was seeing 19% of the Bron- Broncos target share so far this season. You know, I think he probably settles in somewhere in that, you know, 16 to 18% target share for the 49ers. Again, they don't throw the ball all that much. I think he's a wide receiver three. And to be honest, the Carolina Panthers pass defense, Greg, has played really, really well this week. This might be one of those games where I kind of Let's see how the 49ers use Emmanuel Sanders first before we get him in the lineup. Makes sense. If you can afford to, it's a tough bye week uh, for sure. But if you can afford to, I also want to take a wait-and-see approach when it comes to Manny Sanders. On the other side, EY, Denver gets rid of Emmanuel Sanders. Cortland Sutton certainly has assumed the mantle as the number one wide receiver in Denver. I don't know that Joe Flacco can uh, support two startable wide receivers in fantasy football, but I know a lot of people are talking up Deshaun Hamilton as an ad, Noah Fant as well. What say you? Yeah, I've, I've liked Noah Fant all year. This is a, a guy that that had really good co- combine numbers, crazy freak athlete. We saw early them try to get him involved with some short passes. He even ran uh, an end around kind of play, which uh, you don't see a tight end do unless they're athletic freaks. So obviously Denver is aware of, of who this guy is athletically. Hasn't shown up yet. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, I mean, he could get a few more targets, you mean, but I don't. Um, I wouldn't be super interested in him. Uh, if I had to pick out of the two, I, I would maybe roster Fant if you have uh, if you have room. I mean, we know that Joe Flacco likes to throw the tight end, likes to throw short, likes to check the ball down, and uh, Noah Fant could be the beneficiary of that. Greg, as bad as Joe Flacco has been so far this season, Cortland Sutton is locked in as a wide receiver too, maybe even a high-end wide receiver too. I was dead wrong on this guy. He improved tremendously from last year to this year. You can just tell the way that he's playing this year, the way he's dominating. Last year, he couldn't get off of press coverage. He struggled against really tough corners. So far this year, he's been incredibly consistent. He's had at least seven targets in every game this season, at least 76 yards or a touchdown in six of seven games. He's on pace for 82 receptions, almost 1,300 yards, and right around seven touchdowns on 123 targets, and that was before they traded away Emmanuel Sanders. So Sutton is a big beneficiary. I picked up Deshaun Hamilton in two leagues last night for, you know, small bids, two $3 bids in $100 fab leagues, uh, just because, you know, Emmanuel Sanders did have value while he was there. It, it was inconsistent, but you know we did like what we saw out of Deshaun Hamilton the final month of the season last year. Maybe we can get back to that. Uh, so I think he's worth an add in deeper leagues. And Noah Fant, look, I've been waiting for him to become a thing all year. Joe Flacco, we know his time in Baltimore, he loved to throw the ball to the tight end. Dennis Pitta comes to mind. And Noah Fant was one of the most athletic tight ends 
in the in the draft. Maybe the most athletic tight end. First round so, draft pick. Yeah, he, he was a first round draft pick. So I am interested in Noah Fan for sure in deeper leagues and in those tight end premium leagues as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that you're desperate for tight end, right? Like this week, you're starting the Janu Smiths of the world. You're starting uh, the potentially Josh Hills of the world. Maybe Jacob world. Hollister, Jacob Ricky Hollister. Seals Jones. There's a lot of Dawson, weird streaming back tight ends. To Dawson Knox again. Oh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't done Hollister, anything Hollister. in a while. I'm going Hollister this week. <laughs> but anyway, Noah Fant, why not, Frankie? Why not do you go with uh, your boy, Noah Fant? Instead of Deshaun Hamilton, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's funny because I own Deshaun Hamilton in a league. And we picked him up together in the pit league. I own him in another league. All right. And I'm like, oh, should I just drop him for Janu Smith right now and just have like the side between Janu Smith and Josh Hill, depending on Jared Cook? No, nah, you can probably make that decision later on in the week, right? Agreed. I'm sure many people are not clamoring for Janu Smith in your league. No, a family will still be there. <laughs> yes, he will. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So, a lot of trades going on in the NFL. I know Benjamin talked a little bit about it uh, today, but like we saw Detroit make a trade yesterday with Seattle where they sent D- Quandry Diggs uh, over to Seattle, which is kind of weird, I thought. Funny story for you. Your boy Mike Bash texted me yeah. and said, Diggs to Seattle. And I'm freaking out right away. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I start searching on Twitter. Did Stefan Diggs get traded to Seattle? Right. Because I'm like, he's finally coming around in Minnesota. Like, I right. don't want him to go to Seattle. Right. And then he's like, wait, wait, that was Quandry Diggs. I'm like, all right, well, thanks, man. I was freaking out for a, for a hot second there, Greg. Please, no Stefan Diggs to Seattle Seahawks. As much as we love Russell Wilson. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen, Frank. Please do not. Especially with Adam <laughs> Thielen banged up, not playing, already ruled out for Thursday night. I think we're all right. Uh, assuming that Diggs will not will be you know, really ready to rock. He'll be in my lineup, certainly, uh, Thursday night football. Did you end up with any Kenny Stills shares last night, Greg? Only with you. Well, we didn't, we didn't get him. We did get him. No, we didn't get him. We had a $6 bid on him. He ended oh, up going not. for $16 last night. I believe it was the closer. I think he spent the rest of his money on Kenny Stills. He went for $8 in my other league. How about this? I tied Florio on the $8 bid. Remember we were talking? Yeah. I had a $6 bid. You said, no, nah, you should up it to 8 I listened to you, Greg. I took your advice. It's rare. We tied, and Florio had the tiebreaker. Sorry, man. It sucks, man. You know what's crazy? Um, in my league, the Kenny Stills bid, there were three bids at $16 for Kenny Stills. Wow, all the what? same bid. All the same bid, okay. all different people. One person had a $17 bid. It was the perfect bid. He beat three people wow. at $17. Very That's a impressive. great feeling. You wake up, you know, and I knew bid. this was going to happen last night. I woke up in the middle of the night, I think like 4.30 a.m. I was going to tweet just in the middle of the night, hey, I woke up, I got, I got Ty Johnson. That's the first thing I wanted to check was to see if I, uh, if I got Ty Johnson in my league. And uh, ultimately, I did. But I knew that going into last night, I was going to wake up in the middle of the night because I was really itching to find out if I was going to get him or not. <laughs> We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about some other players that were picked up in leagues uh, and, and make fun of them. Excited? Oh, very. Fantastic. EY, Frank, and Greg, hanging out with you. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. You want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. 
Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing Daily Fantasy Hockey without using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. And the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. The promo code is ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So it's Frankie EY and I. Frank, uh, actually, I'm going to go to Eric for this. EY, uh, if you were in a single quarterback league, one quarterback, how many quarterbacks do you think you should own on your team? I mean, one. I mean, you can carry two, I suppose. Uh, there's a few places where I've done it this year where I, I want to make sure I have another good one. Right. If you have the room on your bench, but 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 one is probably the right answer. Okay. Um, Danny, who is working the Anycast right now? Uh, you respond on the air. This is an ongoing conversation here. Uh, uh, so Jess is working the Anycast. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct, guys. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, can you please give Alex your headset? All right. Well, hey, guys. What's up? Oh, Alex. Hey, man. How are you? I am doing all right. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Uh, so we, you are in a league with all three of us. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Uh, what is your record in that league? <sighs> One and six. I you're, you're one and six, but he deserves credit, EY. Despite being one and six in the league, we are all in together. He continues to try to make pickups and improve his team because he is a, uh, a good fantasy player and he wants to try to fight back into it. Is that right, Alex? Trying my best. So you guys are all uh, the, the fantasy experts in this league, so right. I'm just trying my best to keep pace. And I give you a lot of credit for uh, to keep trying, to keep pace, and you deserve it, right? Like, this is not a dude that doesn't try. I mean, listen, he's only made five moves all year, EY. Uh, I've made, we, Frank and I have made 27. Uh, you have made 32. Uh, he's made five. But, you know, right? He's, he's trying. We, we've made a trade with him. He made a trade with another person. He made a blockbuster. He brought in Dalvin Cook. He's making right. moves. He's, well, I mean, he made five moves, actually. He made five moves and, yeah, and, right. and two trades. I right. did come out on top in that trade, though. Dalvin Cook and uh, and uh, Brandon Cooks, Joe Mixon, and Devontae Adams. Yeah, listen, you did come out on top. Without question. Devontae but, Adams got hurt right after that. Yeah, But again, you, you made five moves total uh, all year. But you were trying. Uh, so you're saying. So... <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm going to read you, uh, Eric, I'm, I'm going to read you uh, the, the five pickups that he made. Oh, jeez. Are you ready, EY? Right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, on, in the middle of August, right after the draft, he picked up Jimmy G to be his quarterback. All right, that makes sense. All good. No issue. Fine. Uh, fine. Undefeated. No big deal. Uh, at the end of September, so this is after week four, Alex makes his first pickup in season. Uh, where he spent $45 on Giovanni Bernard, who he had Joe Mixon at the time. He needed to make sure he had the handcuffs, so he spent half his waiver budget on Gio Bernard. That was his first in-season pickup. Correct. Not All a bad right. move. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, but, you know, only his first pickup yeah. of the year. $45, right. probably a little steep. So, uh, steep for Gio. so two weeks later, uh, he makes his third pickup of the year where he picks up Paul Richardson the week you were telling everybody to pick up Paul Richardson. Alex, listen, he I spent believed in Frankie. 10 bucks on Paul Richardson. That was his second pickup during the season, third pickup of the year. I would like to apologize to Alex for letting him down. It is okay. I, I forgive you, Frankie. Frank, Frank owes you $10, $10 in the so, waiver wire. So going into, um, Alex, how come you, you hadn't spent, done any other pickups besides those two in season? Well, Personally, from my fantasy experience, I'm not a big fan of... I, I do a lot of in-season trades. I do some, as you said, like only five. But I'm not right. a big fan of, of in-season trades because I feel personally confident in my teams going into it. I mean, if you look at my team right out of the draft, right. I had a 
pretty not not to pat myself on the back, but it was pretty stacked. I mean, I got Zach Ertz in the fifth as my starter. It was so head. stacked that you're one in six. Exactly. Okay. It was just a disappointing. And, and when you, I picked up Jimmy G, I didn't expect him to go six and zero, oh, but not really score any fantasy sure. points in those victories. But did you think? Did you you know think maybe at some point you should pick up some other players to try to help you? Yeah. Okay. I've been so that now EY leads me to today. So listen, you heard it from Alex. He's one in six. He's still trying. It's a tough league for him, but he's still trying. As I said earlier, one of his pickups was Jimmy G. He actually already owns Baker Mayfield, but you know it's been a tough year for Baker Mayfield, so he's trying to play the matches with Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield. No issue for me, gentlemen, on that. Like, you're playing the matches, he's doing the best he can. So, um, Eli, so Alex uh, made two more pickups this week because he tries to pull himself out of the basement. He deserves credit for that, right? So, yeah, going for two moves. So, uh, so, Alex made two moves this week. Where he had, if you remember, I gave you his waiver wire. He had $45 left total. He spent 35 of it this week. And I go, okay. He probably got some good players. Now or never, right? It makes sense. Ty Johnson's out there. Kenny Stills is out there. He's got $45 to play with. He spent $35. Does that make sense to you? Makes sense. Yeah, I'm following along here. This is, seems like a good move for All him. All right, so he's got no issue so far. Um, the problem is, EY, uh, 20 of those dollars went to his third quarterback, Jacoby Brissett. So, but he didn't drop any of the other two quarterbacks. He dropped Jalen Samuels, who's out, and I understand that. He probably should have dropped him three weeks ago. No big deal. But Jacoby Brissett, $20 on the waiver wire uh, for Brissett. He now owns three quarterbacks. But that was his fourth move. For his fifth move, his last move of the week, he spent 15 waiver dollars on another quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. So he picked up Teddy Bridgewater and Jacoby Brissett this week while still owning Jimmy G, still owning Baker Mayfield, and now has just $10 left on the, to use on the waiver wire. Eli, what would you like to say to our producer, Alex, who's on, uh, on the headset right now? Uh, I would say to Alex that, you know, I do commend you uh, I commend you for, for, for spending your money. Thank you. Uh, as, as a guy that spends my waiver money, uh, usually by about this time I have $0 left because I go after guys that I think are good. Um, now, do I think Jacoby Brissett is a good football player? I think he's an excellent football player. I think he's actually uh, is surprising everybody, including me, and in being a pretty decent, s- solid fantasy option. Um, I was also in a situation like you where Baker Mayfield was my quarterback and I had to carry another quarterback. I still believe Baker can turn it around and be the guy that we think he was going to be. Um, But I needed a little more insurance at the quarterback position. So I did carry two, but carrying four quarterbacks in a one quarterback league, I would probably stick to producing a fantasy show rather than playing fantasy football. Wise words, EY. Very, very wise. Three of the five pickups Alex has made this year are for quarterbacks. And I would like to defend Alex, but I've got nothing here, man. Like, you could have used Kenny Stills. You could have used that money on him. You have Miko Hardman in your lineup. You have Marquise Goodwin in your lineup. Marquise Goodwin is concussed. You could have used that money on Kenny Stills. So uh, I think this is a lesson learned for everybody out there, but specifically for Alex Fasano. Look, picking up Jacoby Brissett, that's a fine move. No issue. Drop Jimmy Garoppolo. But like, you, don't, it, you don't need him. But Teddy Bridgewater, work? are you aware, Alex, that after the bye week, Drew Brees is going to be back? Absolutely, 100%. So why did you spend fab on both these guys? Well, I really have no answer to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I will also note uh, Matthew Stafford faces the Giants this week. 
excellent matchup. He's available, and uh, he was picked up for zero dollars. Zero dollars, yeah. For the record, uh, if anybody's looking for some quarterbacks, uh, <laughs> I am listening for anybody. He's cornering the market here, Greg, in a one-quarterback league. Honestly, we could probably use I actually, I have two quarterbacks in that league already. I have Rodgers and Brady, and, and they're both so good. I just can't let one of them go. I just can't do it. We have, makes sense. We have eight the, bench spots, too. You can roster two quarterbacks sure. here. That's we fine. have Mahomes and Goff. Yeah, we, we lost Mahomes. We needed a quarterback. We yeah. picked up Goff for, for, for no dollars. What is? That's a, so, that's a solid fantasy move. I don't know what bothers me more. The four quarterbacks? The money spent on the four quarterbacks? Or the fact that he only has five moves all year, three of which are quarterbacks? I think for me, it's the money spent on the quarterbacks. In a related, unrelated story, uh, we made a rule in my home league that you couldn't have more than 75 waiver wire moves uh, a year. That's a lot of moves, right? Like, yep. I mean, 30 a, a lot is a lot at this point. Um, and the reason we made that rule is because we noticed that there's a, a guy that sleeps very little and is on his phone apparently 24 hours a day, and all he does is pick up and drop guys so nobody else can do it. He had, I wanted to say he had 160 moves last year, so he's over 75, and for every move over 75, he has to pay a dollar into the kitty. So he'll he'll be uh, either making uh, the purse much bigger this year, or he won't be making any more moves because he's at 75 already. Wow. He's at 75 already. If he goes over that, he has to throw in a dollar to the pot for every pickup after that. I don't think, Greg, how do you feel I don't about think 30 that? moves right now is crazy. Have you ever done that before where you will pick somebody up? Let's say on a Sunday, right? You will pick somebody up and drop them so that they go on waiver so that other people cannot pick them up. All the time. You do that all the time. All the time. Wow. Yeah. Especially in the playoffs. And, and, and I Stevie I Greg. So yeah, it's a, it is a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a scumbag move. It's not something that I've ever partaken in. If I'm gonna win, I want to win uh, on merit. On Wait merit a minute. alone. That is part of the I'm, game. Are you kidding me? If I don't I, like you were saying, Frank, a moment ago. Greg has moral, no morals, no ethics. Frank, he doesn't care about Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. No. He makes these messed up fantasy decisions. Wait a minute. He doesn't care about anybody else in the league. Hold on. You were saying a moment ago, Frank. Not a moment ago. Yesterday. Yeah. We were, deciding, were trying to decide how, to, how much to bid on Ty Johnson in the league we share together, GSD. And you're like, oh, you know what? We don't really need him. My reaction was like, I don't care because if we get him, at least nobody else gets him, and who knows how our season will turn out. If we desperately need somebody off, like in a first-come, first-serve league, and your waiver wire runs, let's say, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night or whatnot, you pick somebody up. If you wind up not needing them and you need to pick somebody else up this weekend, you drop them. No, that's fine. That's that's completely different than what I just brought up to you, though. I said, on Sunday mornings, do you ever just pick somebody up and drop them so that they go on waivers so that nobody else can pick that player up? That's completely different. So, so it was, it's, just, it's not completely different. It's similar. It's, it's very different. So in the Yahoo leagues, one of the rare things you can't do in Yahoo, it doesn't work like that. If you pick up somebody and drop them on the same day, they do not go on waivers. Yahoo is dumb. That's smart. <laughs> no, it's not. Why? Because you're trying to, you can't screw people over that way. No, no. Well, I guess in that sense, right. yes, but yes. people shouldn't be doing that anyway. Well, I mean, I think that's the point that EY was trying sure. to get at as well. I mean, this this guy's picking up 75 that. ad drops, and we're, we're in, you know, it's, we're heading into week eight. It's knowing the rules. By the way, 75 moves over a 16-game season is about, like, almost five moves a week. Seems like plenty. Five moves. Yeah, I mean, or over basically, the course of the season, that's or, fine. Or basically, but 75 going into week eight? I agree. That's, I mean, that's almost 10 By moves By the a way, week. that amount is the amount that Alex has all, all season long, those five. We're talking some strategy and some philosophizing. Will we return here in the BFX? 
Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Back with you here on the BFFs alongside Eric Young, Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, you pulled off a trade. Was it early this morning or was it late last night? All right, so last night. It was late last night. You pulled off a trade. And we're seeing a lot of these types of offers. We've gotten a lot of questions about this type of offer. So I want to give you the floor and tell everybody what you did. Yeah, so last night I play in a 12-team home league. It's a half-point PPR. I was in desperate need of an RB2. My RB2 situation was David Montgomery and Matt Breida. My RB1 is Nick Chubb, so that's perfectly fine. My tight end was Evan Ingram. So I wanted to kind of open this up to you guys as well and ask... A philosophy question in fantasy football, is it worth when you have an elite tight end or a, at least, maybe let's not say elite, but a tight end that you can start week in and week out that you have no qualms about, is it worth trading that player away for a position of bigger need, one where you start multiple positions, where you need two running backs or two wide receivers or three wide receivers? Does it make sense trading away your elite tight end? to get a running back, knowing that you will then have to stream tight end from there on out for the rest of the season. And for me, the answer was yes, and that's something that I'm kind of leaning towards doing in another one of my leagues where I own Zach Ertz, and I have holes at running back, and I have holes at wide receiver. I'd rather be you know, streaming at tight end while I know it's a crapshoot of a position where I can get a consistent running back that I can trust week in and week out, or a consistent wide receiver. So I traded away Evan Engram. I end up getting Marlon Mack, who you know sees consistent touches behind a good offensive line. Don't have to worry about you know how many carries he's going to get on a given week. He is the leader in the backfield of the Indianapolis Colts. So I wanted to buy in. This guy, I sent him a message. I said, you interested in trading away either Marlon Mack or, or Aaron Jones? I see you have a need at tight end. I have Evan Ingram. I'm willing to trade him away. And I pulled it off. I traded him away for Marlon, uh, for Marlon Mack, as I mentioned, and I picked up Chris Herndon, and I'm kind of hoping, you know, he can get back on the field this week, and there's a little bit of upside there. You know, all, all your ghost jokes aside from the New York Jets, I know they look brutal, but I think Herndon does have some upside, and, and I wanted to kind of open this up to you guys. So, EY, what do you think about, you know, if you have a tight end that you can start each week that you don't have to worry about, but you have holes at running back or wide receiver, would you consider trading away that tight end to get a, another position that can help you consistently knowing that you're going to have to stream tight end week in and week out after that. Yeah. I mean, if you spent, you know, a, a huge amount of capital, uh, draft capital on a tight end, I mean, chances are you're probably disappointed. I mean, none of those guys are, uh, the top guys are really done a whole lot. Um, name value alone, like you said, like Ingram for Mac, I think that's a, a, a blockbuster trade for you. Um, not that the other person isn't getting something, they're getting a, a tight end that's, I mean, going to get targets. He's going to probably score a few touchdowns. He's going to be figured in. But the reality is, is, 
most teams only have to start one tight end. So there are a bunch of starting tight ends out there available. You just, I mean, it's a dart throw every week. Um, this week is, uh, I'm going with uh, Hollister as my dart throw because I do this, uh, I stream tight ends in a lot of leagues. Uh, a few leagues, I'll, I'll, I'll pick guys if it's uh, if the value is good enough. Uh, I've got Andrews on a few teams. I've got Ertz on a few teams. Um, but other than that, I, I stream tight end because it just, you end up having to do it. Like, it almost seems like it happens every year. Where I end up doing it anyways, so I might as well just not draft one, pick one, you know, in the last couple of rounds and then go from there. So I like this. I mean, I really like that technique of, of trading away a name guy, a tight end, um, and, and getting a, a solid every week running back or wide receiver to fill up a hole for you. I think it's a really tough spot, Frankie. I think that as someone that doesn't have a tight end in one league that I was just telling you, picking up the Jacob Hollisters of the world, the Janu Smiths of the world, you're going to find yourself in a hole. It's going to be very, very frustrating. And if someone put to me today, it's like when your tight end puts up on a weekly basis two to four points, and that's, you know, it's certainly possible. Like, obviously, you want to get it right. But, like, if they put up two to four points, you're going to be frustrated. And you're going to use some of that running back and wide receiver depth to try to find a more stable solution at tight end. Listen, if Chris Herndon works, awesome. Like, it works, and you don't have to worry about it. But in one league, I, I'll go through my tight ends in every league with you, right? So we own a league together where it's Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. We, you have talked a lot about, we need to trade one of them. Let's, let's fill up the running backs and wide receivers. Mine's like, well, Waller's producing, well, as good as any wide receiver we could find, why would we do that? And we haven't yet. In one of my leagues, we have Darren Waller with you, right? That, that worked out great. In another league, I have Evan Ingram. And I'm like, okay, I kind of said it and forget it. I have found myself feeling a lot more comfortable and liking the teams more that I have the stable tight end. There are so many um, different maneuvers that you can make to pull up wide receivers and running backs. And right now, this season, there's more of those on the waiver wire. This week in general, Ty Johnson's out there everywhere. Kenny Stills is out there everywhere. And yeah, it costs you a pretty penny. But to me, it's easier to stream a random wide receiver. Cole Beasley last week, we scored, he scored a touchdown. You could find those types of guys to fill in. Maybe not running backs, but certainly wide receivers. The tight end position is so bare, and it, it's so barren and so empty. You are making your life harder, I think, by playing this tight end roulette. There's like seven startable tight ends this year. There's obviously more than 30 startable wide receivers on any given week. There's at least 25 running backs, probably, on any given week that you could start. I think by, if you have, if you lucked in or you smartly wound up with one of these seven startable tight ends, I think you put yourself in a better position to win than, than you do playing this tight end roulette, which is the position I thought you had yourself in. Now, obviously every situation is different depending on your team and depending on who you could get. You got Marlon Mack for Evan Ingram. Marlon Mack's probably an RB1. That's a move you got to make, I think. But if you're trading away one of your starting tight ends for an RB2.5, I don't think I'd do that. I think that makes sense. You said a few things that I agree with and some things that I don't disagree sure. with. When it comes to the wide receiver position, I agree. I mean, every week you're going to find wide receivers on the waiver wire playing in good matchups or guys that their roles expand, you know, the Titans guys or, you know, Kenny Stills stepping up. Now you're going to find wide receivers. It's much harder with running backs, man. And, and, you know, yes, Ty Johnson's out there. Chase Edmonds is out there. But you have to spend a lot of money. I'd rather be spending my 2 to $3 a week on trying to find a tight end rather than a trying to spend, you know, 40 to $50 on, you know, when that one running back does come up. So I think with running back, 
you know, if I'm choosing between David Montgomery or, you know, Matt Breida, who's hurt right now, I mean, for me, that's a position where you have to go out and make a move for a RB2. Like, there's nothing on the waiver wire. I was not able to pick up Ty Johnson. I did not have enough fab left, and I, I needed to make a move for running back. So I think it's situationally dependent, but you're right about wide receivers being easier to find. I think when your running back two situation is really, really tough, and you don't have the means to get a Ty Johnson or a Chase Edmonds or someone like that, I think those are the situations where if you have a tight end that you trust, you, you trade that away for an RB2 that you can also trust, and, and then you kind of just stream that tight end. Position. So I think the question becomes the combination, right? Like, what do you want more? Do you want Evan Ingram and David Montgomery, or do you want Chris Herndon and Marlon Mack? The answer in that case is, is Marlon Mack, because the yep. running back that you got was very much worth it. But if you're trading away, and in my league, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of a trade that happens very similar to yours. Somebody traded away Aaron Jones and Austin Hooper for David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, and like DK Metcalf. Now, this was obviously before we knew the deal with David Johnson, but he had the Austin, he had Austin Hooper. He had this tight end. He lucked into it. It worked out great. And now he's playing the Chris Herndon game. Last week he started Noah Fant. This week he'll go with Jimmy Graham and I like, hope it works out. And it's worked out. It worked out from last week. He won anyway because he has a Patriots defense, which we need to talk about as a sell-high candidate. But he's not playing this game. And certainly he wishes he had Aaron Jones back so he didn't have to play the David Johnson game. I wonder if he regrets the Austin Hooper move. I don't know. But it's going along the same lines. And we're getting so many of those questions about Evan Ingram, about De- Darren Waller, about Austin Hooper. And I don't, I, I don't think there's a... Uh, summarization answer we can have and I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all solution here yeah I think that's fair with a lot that we talk about when it comes to fantasy football it's you know situationally dependent it's not just you know one answer is right for everybody I mean that trade that you brought up that's more of a blockbuster there's a lot more moving parts there you know Aaron Jones and and David Johnson part of that deal deal as well Uh, I'm not sure that that would have even made sense but you know trading away an Engram for if you could have got, if you consider Josh Jacobs an RB two, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Derrick Henry, like those are probably more of like high end RB twos. If that's something that you can get, even a Philip Lindsay, I, w- I would feel pretty good about that. I-, I think those make a lot of sense. Once you start getting into the, you know, Royce Freeman's, Carlos Highs, Lashawn McCoy's, those running back. I mean, those are those fringe RB two high end uh, flex running backs that you're talking about. I, I agree with you on that. But if you're talking about a running back that's going to get 15-plus touches consistently and you can get that out of a tight end where you know you trade away your Ertz or you trade away an Engram or, or an Austin Hooper and you're now streaming the tight end position, that, that's something that I would do. Because finding those running backs that give you 15-plus touches consistently, Absolutely. it is really, really hard. Man. I hear you. I, I totally hear you. Sure. And I think this is just a lesson like the past two years. Drafting tight end early has not really worked out. Each of the past few, like, no. yes, if you did it with Travis Kelsey last year, that would have been fine. But we drafted Gronk early in the league last yeah. year. It didn't work. No. Look at the tight ends that were drafted early. EY brought them up as well. Kelsey has not lived up to expectations. He hasn't caught a touchdown since week one. And all of those weeks, except one, have been with Patrick Mahomes. Zach Ertz has not lived up to expectations. And his target share is still 24%. Last year, it was 26%. So not a massive downgrade in targets like we thought it was going to be. He's just not performing. He's not scoring touchdowns either. How about George Kittle? George Kittle's coming around a little bit, but sloppy game last week in the in the the Rain Bowl, whatever you want to call it. He's been inconsistent. He hasn't scored many touchdowns. I think OJ Howard's droppable. What EY is doing now, streaming tight ends and, and really trying to. It's easier said than done. I realize that, but every year there are a few tight ends that you 
You really got to do your research that go late in drafts that the upside is very evident that it's there. And this year, those three tight ends, I think you can say, were Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, and Austin Hooper. And if you wound up with any of those, then you're riding high. You're feeling fine right now. And it's crazy because before he got injured, Will Disley was also in that He was mix. one of those guys too. It was the same type of thing where you didn't have to spend, like, it, all this did was solidify for me that I'm not going to spend an early round pick on Kelsey, on Kittle, on Ertz, on... on How about O.J. Howard, Greg? O. J. I mean, I, I drafted O.J. Yeah. Howard in the NFFC League. My friend drafted O.J. Howard in the fourth round yeah. of a competitive league. And he texted me, I'm never drafting tight end early ever again. I mean, EY, our guy this year, we loved Hunter Henry. And Hunter Henry came back and had that monstrous yeah. game two weeks ago. But he was hurt for four weeks. And it's like, okay, Evan Ingram, he got hurt. He's been... Solid, but if unspectacular. He had one catch last week right. against the Cardinals. Exactly. The, they lost touchdown tight end every single week they played this year. So it's like, it's a very, very frustrating position. And all we can do now is is pretty much learn from our mistakes. And that's, but it's also so really hard to identify the tight end. that yeah. like, To identify Mark Andrews and Austin Hooper and Will That's why I think you take two swings on those late in your yeah. drafts, right? Like the that's guys that have the yeah. most upside, like don't draft a tight end early. Take two swings on upside guys late and hope that you hit on one of them. And, you know, it was very obvious. In hindsight, like everybody was talking up Mark Andrews. Yes. I didn't necessarily see it because I didn't, you know, I, I, thought, Lamar Jackson, yeah. I thought Lamar Jackson was going to get better and they used multiple tight ends. So, But Darren Waller, I mean, there was, after Antonio Brown was gone, there was a huge opportunity for pass catchers there, and Tyrell Williams saw a huge uptick, and Darren Waller was the other one. People were talking about him. Definitely. We had Jim Sonis on uh, the FanDuel Hurry Up before the season asking him who is a tight end breakout you like this year. He said Austin Hooper. So it's not impossible to find those guys, and I think the way to go about it is you take two swings for the fence there late in your draft on upside tight ends, and hopefully you hit on one of them. It's kind of the same thing yeah. that you do for quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, it is the same technique, and I liken it to, to playing roulette. Like, like, do you do you want to go red or black uh, with a hundred dollar bill, or do you want to go red and black with a ten dollar right. bill? So you know, like two tens is twenty dollars. You mean like you have to look at your draft as as each position is worth a certain amount. Drafting Kittle, drafting Ertz, drafting Henry, drafting Kelsey. That's a massive mistake this year. I'm not saying it will be in the end. We don't know. We can't predict the future. But as of right now, massive mistake. You could have been better suited. You could have two pros by drafting Waller and Hooper late in round. He is Eric Young. He's Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. The three of us will all be back tomorrow. We hope. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. Here's what you missed on the BFFs. David Johnson hitting the IR? There is some Twitter speculation that that can happen. Really? Yes, there is. Because of the whole Zach Zanner, Alfred Morris thing. To me, it's like, all right, we're going to sign both of these guys and let the better man win. That's kind of what I'm thinking is going on. We shall see. There might not be a better man between those two. Wow. They might just both suck. That would be really bad for the David Johnson owners. <laughs> Eli, when we left you yesterday, you were saying you didn't really believe in Ty Johnson. Do you believe now? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, it, it hasn't changed. This is a, he's a fringe guy. Um, and I do believe um, 
that McKissick will be involved. I think it'll be more of a 50-50 kind of split, uh, kind of what we've seen when when Johnson went out. Ty Johnson um, doesn't like contact, doesn't uh, strike me as a first and second down running back. Um, so I, I think they'll I think they'll split, and I think uh, people that went all in on on him are going to be sadly sadly. No, he didn't bid nothing in the league we share together. For the record, did he have a bid? No, what I, did he have? I, yeah, he bid twenty six like that. Uh, I don't remember now. I'm in too many. Right, fine. <laughs> twenty six would not be insignificant. I can I can pull that up for us. But Ewa, you keep saying a fifty fifty split between Ty Johnson. They just promoted Paul Perkins as well, so he might be in the mix. But you keep saying fifty fifty split. Last week when Carryon Johnson went down, Ty Johnson played sixty four percent of the snaps. He had fourteen touches. Two of those came inside the ten yard line. J D McKissick only had seven touches. So that strikes me more as a you know. Right on the nose, 65% for Ty Johnson, maybe 35% for everybody else. So, you know, if you can get 15 touches around there from Ty Johnson this week against the New York Giants, I think he's worth a pretty penny. I mean, maybe this week. I mean, you know, he's playing the Giants. Sorry, Greg. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I could be wrong, but I don't think I will be. You know what? There's a lot of people in the same camp as EY, Greg. There's a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of podcasts that I listen to saying this is going to be a committee. Don't get involved. It's going to be Ty Johnson. It's going to be McKissick. They little still Paul can, Perkins action. Little Paul Perkins. They could trade for Kenyon Drake, which is the thing that I'm most worried about. It's not anybody else that's there right now. They could trade for Melvin Gordon. There's all these things up in the air. As of right now, the way that things sit, I think that Ty Johnson is going to see 60 to 65% of the snaps and around the same amount of the percentage-wise of the work. As well, so I think he's right in the mix for around 15 touches, 15, 16, around there. He had four receptions last week. Carrion Johnson wasn't being used in the past game, and, and Ty Johnson last week in his first game really filling in for Carrion was used in the past game. So I might be in the minority here, Greg. I've, I had some really massive bids on Ty Johnson last night. We had a $42 bid in the pit league together. We were outbid. He went for $52 in a $100 fab league. I don't think that my logic was far off. I think a lot of people are pretty much in agreement. Like if, on the aggressive side, you could go as high as 50% of your budget. Uh, on the lower side, you know, 30%. I, I think anywhere in there. And if you want them for even cheaper, you should feel pretty good about that today.